Oh, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Nick Page. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Oh, oh I could go on. <laughs> As indeed oh. can you, it seems. Oh, thank you very much. But should we go on with the show? Yes, shall we? <laughs> Welcome everyone to episode 43 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name is Nick Page and I'm joined as ever by Joe Davis. Hello uh, Joe. Hello, hello. And how old are you today, Nick? <laughs> I am 50... <laughs> oh, what am I? Hang on, I've got to think about it. <laughs> One of... 57, a, I'm 57. That's a bad today. sign. You are. I know. Well, happy yeah. birthday. It's a yeah, glorious thank you very thing. Much. Thank you very much. I got gin. Did you? Is, uh, yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much for your card, which is uplifting and <laughs> moving and impossible to share with the listeners. Well, I, I just feel it's something that a respectable pillar of the community would send to their best friend. So. It, it was very beautiful. And uh, I'm surprised your local Christian bookshop is selling that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, no, no. You claim. They've expanded. <laughs> Anyway, it was, it was a lovely thing. It made me laugh a lot. Good. Thank you. <laughs> that was the intention. Yeah. So yes, you see, this is how dedicated I am to our listeners. I'm impressed. Uh, that I am casting a pod on my birthday. Actually, as one of our, my colleagues uh, said in a rather wonderful spoonerism, I'm cod-pasting, <laughs> yes. which I thought was very good. <laughs> it's, it's both wonderful, dedicated and slightly sad. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, yes. <laughs> Why Still. are... Well, I've had a lot of birthdays, so you don't really want to make a fuss about them now, do you? No, I suppose not. Excellent. Anyway, we should we right. should cut to. How are you, by the way? So, I mean, is there, is there anything uh, yeah, else? Because right. I, I, I went to my daughter's uh, graduation fashion show yesterday, which what? was great. Her final collection, which Brilliant. was wonderful. She is amazing. Lots of knitwear in beautiful colours. It was great. She is fantastic. Uh, anyway, yeah. So that was a nice, a nice weekend. Yeah. How about you? Excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I. I went to see, um, I actually went to theatre. Uh, so I did a bit of a you. This is not I like know. me, because as you know, I I'm know. incredibly uncultured. <laughs> but I went to see this uh, play called The Nature of Forgetting. And mm. it's kind of about dementia. And it was just utterly amazing. It's more mime, really. There's, there's, this basically is a mime. Uh, yeah. But with music and all kinds of other. It's, it's extraordinary. I mean, it, it absolutely, to use a cliche, blew me away. No, it was wonderful, and um, and I'm insisting that you go to see it. It's on tour. Yeah, I think we've already booked. I think um, I think uh, Claire yeah. immediately after you messaged her book ticket straight away. Seriously, listeners, if you get the chance to see the nature of forgetting, Google it. It's absolutely amazing. Hmm. Absolutely. So you're amazing. getting quite arty, aren't you? Because there's another I thing am. you're doing. Oh, we did go well. On. There's a fantastic local artist. His name's Steve Carroll. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of approached him and said, could we do a kind of spirituality and art thing on the beach? I know you shouldn't really separate those two things, by the way. But uh, he said yes. So we're kind of going to do this creative, prayerful experience. Yes, yeah, it's going to be on Sunday, the 10th of June, four o'clock outside Sea Lane Cafe. I might put a link up on our website. So um, yeah, be good. I mean, when great. I website and indeed Facebook page. So. Yeah, it's going to be really just different. And anyway, the Worthing Beach is fantastic to be on. But if you happen to be there at four o'clock, you'd be very welcome. Anyone. Great. 
Good. Mm. Uh, and then there's news of uh, Lee Abbey. Well, I, I, I can scarce believe it. In fact, I wonder if they've got it wrong. But supposedly there are 45 of us booked in now, which seems to suddenly have gone up quite a lot. So I don't know. I whether... think it's. I, I, I've got a theory about this. Have you? So I think mostly people were waiting for a better offer. I see. And, and yeah. it didn't happen. So they thought, oh, well, <laughs> so we might, okay. as, well go, really we might well. as well go and spend time with those idiots then. Yes, indeed. So that's yeah. coming up, 25th to 29th of June, which is it very is. exciting. It's a beautiful place. Hmm. Okay, uh, so um, what we're going to do with this podcast is um, we've got some uh, some feedback and questions that we're probably going to hold over. Yes. Um, so some of the feedback we won't do this time because we'll hold over for another one. Uh, maybe just in a week's time. Depends how depends how we feel. That's exactly. how we roll. Yeah. Um, Get and us. This, yeah. And so in a minute, in a little while, we're going to have an interview with uh, Steve Chalk that you recorded um, some yeah. time back. Uh, but uh, first, uh, we did. Well, there are a couple of uh, sort of lighter feedback. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. That yeah. I thought it would be, be good sure, to Sure, okay. So, so jo- uh, Jonathan said, uh, thanks for casting your pods. I've only been recently discovered them and been binging them right from the beginning. I've got to number 36. Few still have some way to go. And then he does the normal blah, blah, blah bit. He does actually say blah, blah, blah. He says, I was going to get completely up to date emailing you with my thanks, but then I accidentally found something out whilst listening to episode 36 and just had to tell you. You decide if you want to pass on what I found out to your other listener. He says, I accidentally hit the one times button on my phone and entered a whole new way of appreciating (laughs) your your chats. The phone started your conversation at double speed. Guess what? Listening to you in two times mode means that you can get through it faster, blah, blah. And then he says, then I hit the half times mode and fell about laughing because what I heard was so much more authentic. You sound slightly junk. So I'm hoping that you try this out. I recommend playing some of episode 36 at half speed. The bit where you introduce the mountain song is pretty good, Nick. The pauses sound like you've lost your train of thought. I'm unsure whether to suggest to let your listeners in on this jollity, but if you do, it's fine with me. So um, I actually do have it here. <laughs> I do okay. have a bit. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, go. Which I, okay. I mean, it is absolutely ridiculous. Okay, so here goes. Let me turn. Uh and they'll be able to download. <laughs> no, right, so that's normal speed. No, yeah, no, okay. Not that okay, so you can, I don't know whether you can hear so that. So they'll be able to download those yeah. birds, haven't we? Right. Yeah, which I guess there is that demand. How we might do that. Right, okay, so here we go. That's double speed. Here, in between, yeah, in between eating, drinking, and eating. But here's the interesting thing. Things, is um, discussing how we might do that. <laughs> so that's on the. Yeah. You know, that, that, <laughs> you, that you can, I guess, consider this a little taster. Yeah. <laughs> it goes now, on. It, it's very funny, it has to be said. So, um, that, that is pretty much how we talk. Like that is, it is basically how it's going to be at Lee Abbey every <laughs> night after nine o'clock. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, thank you, John. That was great. That was great. Okay, let me just say something. Uh, Claire and Abby said uh, if we could talk... Well, they, this is a serious one, but it's so quick. It said, could we talk about the point of the cross sometime? I think this is coming out of the Hell episode um, because uh, that raises some questions to them. And Naomi um, sent in some very funny stuff about pigeons. Um, and Naomi, come to Lee Abbey. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to influence you, but come to Lee Abbey. Okay, Jeremy said this. He's, 
He sent in a song he's been working on. <laughs> oh, okay. So, <laughs> so every song goes at this. Lord of life, now I know this. One day I will be in bliss. But my friends who turn away will arise on judgment day to find out your loving law meant their eternal conscious torment. Woo, ooh, 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 woo, ooh, 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 ooh. The last two lines are mainly there because I feel that every worship song worth its salt should force everyone in the congregation to choose between unleashing their inner X-Factor wannabe and feeling the shame of failing to sing words that have been carefully typed and projected <laughs> for their spiritual edification. Oh, that is brilliant. Thank you, I Jeremy. I love that, fi- that closing couplet. To find out that your loving law meant their eternal <laughs> conscious torment. Yeah, oh, that's a great good. rhyme. That's we do good. like that very much indeed. That's, that's going to become one of Ethel's favourites. It <laughs> Okay, so uh, shall we? Well, shall we? Uh, so give us a bit of background to this uh, interview then. Well, you and I met through the lovely man who is Steve Chalk. Um, and Steve gets a lot of bad press today. Uh, but, but, you know, he's a friend and we love him. And um, and he's also annoying in equal measure, I have to say. <laughs> I say that as a friend. <laughs> no, it was great talking to Steve. Um, I, I've always thought he's innovative creative doesn't mince his words and gets on with the business of what he does which i will let him describe so i'm delighted to say that i have my uh, friend and former boss and fellow baptist minister unless you've been thrown out of that now i not yet <laughs> oh, great <laughs> so yet. I'm, I am, I'm still in i am with steve chalk <laughs> the founder of oasis trust and like i say my former boss and uh and a real pleasure to call a friend. So thank you very much, Darren. <laughs> it's a pleasure to call you a friend as well, especially as you're here. I yeah. Have to, I have to. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't have to say that about Nick Page. No, we he, don't. He used to work at Oasis. Nick worked at Oasis as well, and you know when he was younger. Yeah. <laughs> when it was in a terrible way. Yeah. And then it really picked up. Well, when he could still relate to anybody <laughs> under sixty. <laughs> This is all staying in. When he was this with it, good. when he when he had it, and that was yeah, teeth, hair, right. eyesight, <laughs> any of those things. <laughs> so Nick worked with us then. He's great. So when I joined Oasis back in 1988, I was the seventh member of staff. You were yeah. the seventh member of staff. Yeah, I was. That's a very kind of spiritual yeah. number. So well, you know, number of completeness and all yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> How yeah. many staff do you have now? Well, I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a really <laughs> funny thing. So I was at I was at um, a big Oasis conference on last week, mid, middle of last week, and somebody who's one of the leaders, he very confidently said, "We have five and a half thousand staff," but I had been to something. In England, yeah, and I had been to something the week before when someone very confidently said we have four thousand nine hundred stuff. So we'd obviously lost six hundred <laughs> <laughs> over the weekend. I don't know what happened that to them. Or they all disappeared. <laughs> yeah, was careless to lose six hundred stuff over a weekend. I don't know what caused them all to leave. Walk <laughs> out. I think actually uh, the size of Oasis. Honestly, and the fact that it's compartmentalised, not it's it's one thing, but there's a, there's a kind of educational charity and a housing charity yeah. and a project charity, etc., etc. So everybody does their own figures, but we've obviously not got enough mathematicians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a lot. It's it's yeah. about it's. I think it's probably just north of 
5,000. That's staggering, because I remember whoever was in charge of finances in the whole time I was here, you know, they <laughs> basically had ulcers, you know, because <laughs> you know, every month it's, can we pay the staff? And can, and the sums seem horrific then. So. Yeah, and the sums are horrific now, and in fact they've all still got ulcers. <laughs> that tradition continues. It's a funny thing about life, and a true thing about life. You see, when Oasis was just me... I used to worry about the finances. I can remember that yeah. year because I left my job and uh, yeah. I think the target was to make £4,000 across the year because that's what yeah. I earn as a Baptist yeah. minister. Yeah. Gen- as much as that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> so, I, so that was my goal. Uh, yeah. you, uh, you know, to get this £4,000, yeah. we, we were allowed to live in a house that belonged yeah. to the church that I just yeah. left. Um, a Tunbridge Baptist Church who are yeah. fantastic and mm. they let me live yeah, in this are. house yeah. but I had to get this £4,000 to make up my salary so but I remember through the year getting that £4,000 was so difficult um, now um, the budget of Oasis in the UK is something north of £200 million pounds a year mm. um, and is it harder? No is it easier? No it's just still a nightmare yeah. <laughs> so, uh, listen, we, we shouldn't riff like two old people reminiscing on good times, but I do miss our runs. We used to run together for about an hour and a half every Sunday morning. And I think about that. Actually, I went running yesterday uh, evening. I did six miles and yeah. it like, nearly killed me. Honestly, oh, nearly killed me. I was going to run this morning. because I used to do 10. Yeah, every yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And the speed at which we used to do it. We always used, yeah. I always used to think we yeah. were slow, but... No, we did it at that speed, yeah. 120, 120, yeah, something yeah. like that. You know, now, yeah. occasionally I do a 10, but I always stop <laughs> I, on the way. And, and have I, a meal. Yeah, have a meal and a sleep. <laughs> Actually, because I live in central London now, I when I do a 10 mile at Ever, it, I always do it through um, Hyde Park and all oh, the rest nice. of it. And then you get the, to the Serpentine, which is really mm. nice. And uh, they've got some lovely yeah, chairs. Yeah, you've gone up market. Like, oh yeah, and uh, mm. and what happens by then? By the time I reach Serpentine, I'm probably doing five miles, and I always think I could sit and I should sit here, and what a beautiful mm-hmm. view! And it would be mm. wrong not to stop and just <laughs> reflect yeah. and pray. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. in actual fact, the real motive is I just can't run any further. I can't breathe any longer. <laughs> Right, so let's let's cut to the nitty gritty. So, uh, welcome to the Mid Faith Crisis podcast with me, Joe Davis, and Nick Page. You've been having a crisis for a long time. <laughs> mid Faith, not Mid Life. Oh, Mid Faith. <laughs> yeah, I know, but Nick's, yeah, I know. My Nick's life's lived in crisis. Yeah, we, we were both. Our lives are one long crisis. Yeah, no, okay. Uh, but you've courted your share of controversy. Uh, you know, when you wrote the book, uh, The Lost Message of Jesus, mm, you know, because me. and didn't that threaten all your because people didn't want to fund Oasis anymore, did no, they? Because you dared to suggest that penal substitution is just one way of looking at the atonement and not necessarily the right way. And not necessarily a good way. And, uh, which is strange because I trained at Spurgeon's College years before that book mm. ever came out and, and the principal and the teacher had said exactly the same thing. That was not controversial because you said it in your deliberately provocative manner <laughs> <laughs> that you have. <laughs> I, I think you do, don't you? Uh, well, Be no, honest. No, no, no. I, well, I, I say no, 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 no. <laughs> Too many no's means yes, <laughs> yes probably. Yeah, of course but, it does. But the truth is, that's not my motive. 
my motive is to make simple and plain what's understood in academic circles yeah but never gets out no, of, it's true. never yeah. gets out of the yeah. common room so on, on another issue um, I wrote recently and somebody who's a, a New Testament professor uh, in a, a famous university wrote to me um, and said we know all this uh-huh. and I wrote back and said yeah but you've got to get out of the library and yeah. off the golf course <laughs> that gives a clue as to where it is <laughs> if you can get out of the library and off the well, golf course you could be talking about. <laughs> but a serious point is um, there is a gap between what's understood in, yeah. in almost any discipline in life theology mm. included and what hits the streets and is understood mm. on the streets mm. uh, so what's understood in the university in the academy needs to filter down and get out onto the street and so the the academic can blame the guy on the street for not reading his or her books but i think the responsibility belongs elsewhere and i once read something by c.s lewis which transformed my life years and years and years and years ago can't even remember which books it's in he 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 of course of great scholarship Mm. he said when you read a sentence or a paragraph that you don't understand that's not he this isn't to directly quote Mm. him i can't remember but he's basically saying that's not because you're stupid it's because the man writing it is stupid taking responsibility yeah he's not lewis's point was they're not intelligent enough to understand their subject deeply enough to be able to put it in plain and simple and understandable yeah. language so i do think that so you talk about reason, cosmic child abuse for that particular view yeah yeah because own, yeah sure yeah so you put things into mm. metaphors that people can relate to and understand mm. and they go aha i get it now well this is good because this takes into the heart of really what i wanted to say to you which is there's so many people who've been in church a long time and many of them have been in leadership and they're just scratching their heads going do you know what i don't know this makes sense anymore this you, you know what we're doing we're singing we're preaching we're trying but you know like what does it all mean mm. and i remember stuart murray he was my lecturer he said it's up to every generation to a reinterpret what the gospel is mm. and b what is the church in yeah. the context of that and i've always felt that oasis has been one of the most inspiring models for me in terms of mm. answering those two questions so yeah. and of course here's it, where we're going with this yeah and of course it was oasis that employed stuart in that yeah, role on exactly. the, you know so yeah, stuart know. was yeah, part yeah, of know. oasis yeah, at that yeah, time because exactly. that's always because i went on the oasis church writing so here's a here's an interesting thing we are saved by grace through faith and sometimes paul says we're saved by faith and people teach you all your life that well you know, if you're saved by works, things yeah. you do, good works, that's really difficult because how yeah. do you know you've done enough good works yeah. to get saved? Yeah. You've got to work harder. Look busy. Yeah. Jesus is coming. Yeah. But if you're saved um, by faith or yeah. saved by grace or sometimes it's saved by grace through faith because yeah. all those terms are used yeah. interchangeably. If we're saved by faith, well, that's ch- chilled out. Most of the people I know who believe that we're saved by faith are really anxious and they're anxious because how much faith do you need for it to be faith that saves you? I mean, do you have to have the faith that the Pope's got? <laughs> or, or is faith at a Justin Welby level 
Okay. Yeah. I'm not I'm not judging that Justin's got less faith than you, Francis. You just have. <laughs> no. Well I just I just don't know. Do you know Hang on. Do you need to have faith like Mother Teresa? Or can you have faith like your average bloke yeah. who turns up at church at a church yeah. once a month or is yeah. going at Christmas okay. Yeah, I believe, yeah. I believe, but I'm just busy. Well, how much faith do you have to have? Do you have to have complete faith yeah. or is it okay to doubt? And if you can doubt, how much can you doubt? And are there mm. things that you're allowed to doubt oh, yeah. and still have faith? But are there things on the, you must not doubt this, like Jesus yeah. was born of a virgin, Jesus definitely rose from the dead. If you even have a doubt about that, is that yeah. does that destroy your saving faith? Yeah. Which is why most people who believe that they're saved by faith are very anxious, actually, if you yeah. talk with them. Yeah, they're very anxious because secretly... I, I got a I've got a good friend who told me this story just a few weeks ago as it happens. It illustrates the point perfectly. He said he, he joined a mission agency and he was working for this mission agency for two years and it was very um charismatic um style uh, mm. thing. And they used to have these sessions and uh, one uh, sessions together, worship sessions, and one time this guy who had a prophetic ministry, they were told <laughs> turned up and said there is one person in this room there were 30 people ish yeah. in the room he told me um they were all the same age there's one person in this room who is not a christian uh -oh. there's one of you here yeah. that doesn't know the lord who's not yeah. saved well they were all the same age they were all in their yeah. early 20s and this guy this prophet said this so he went away and for the next three months, he tells me, he was eaten with this anxiousness that he wasn't a Christian and that he was going to hell. Oh, then one night, over a drink, he found the courage to mention this to another guy in his team who said, Phew, that's like, I thought it was me. <laughs> <laughs> and then they found yeah. out that the entire group had been all about. had yeah. So what if when Paul said you're saved by faith, he didn't mean faith. What if he meant you're saved by faithfulness to a story, whether you believe it or not, whether it's easy or not, whether you feel it or not, whether you can give intellectual assent to it all the time or not. You're saved by the faithfulness of just living out a story, a narrative. Mm. What if? the word faith has been mistranslated. Mm. And we're not saved by faith, we're saved by faithfulness. And then all those passages where Jesus says is what you do to the least of these, which everybody avoids mm. when they're talking about being saved by faith, are played back in because you're actually yeah. saved by your faithfulness to a story. Whatever you feel, whatever mm. doubts you have, just sticking with it. Mm. That'd be interesting, so, wouldn't it? Yeah, it is it would a very interesting yeah. thing. I've, I've, I sense one of your books coming on. No. <laughs> in, in 1997, a guy called E.P. Sanders, Ed yeah. Sanders, wrote a book called Paul and Palestinian Judaism. He said, the word Paul uses that Luther translated faith doesn't mean faith at all. It mm. means just faithfulness, sticking oh, to yeah. trust, risk-taking. Now, that was in 1977. It's 2017. Mm. The difference between f the translation being, the word is 
uh, pistis, yeah. which is strange. Yeah. yeah, I know. The difference between it meaning faith yeah. and meaning faithfulness, well, it's worlds apart. If it means faithfulness, it totally undoes all this. You've got to have faith. This might be someone in this room's not a Christian. You've got to believe. You've got to pray hard. Your friend isn't being healed because you haven't got enough faith. Yeah. Faithfulness is just living this out. But that's how many years is that? 40 years? Sure. And that understanding, which totally transforms faith in terms yeah. of a local church, has, yeah. has still not gone from sure. the academy to the school. So for you, Steve, let's let's press down on this a bit more. What what would you say is the gospel? What actually is the gospel of Jesus? What do you think is the faithful life he was calling people to? I think that the gospel... Um, I think that Just to spring that easy question. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a great question. Yeah. I think the gospel, the good news... Yeah. Um, you're going to say, so what does the word gospel yeah, mean? Goodness, yeah. So it was used, this term, by the followers of Jesus, and it was used endlessly by Paul in his letters. You know, Paul wrote a huge chunk of the New mm. Testament, but this word gospel is used all the way through. So you've got to understand just a little bit of the story they all lived in. And they lived in a story where the different emperors of the Roman um, Empire, they all said... Every year, here is the gospel according to Augustus. Here is the gospel according to Claudius. And the gospel is this. Do what I say, I am Lord. Yeah. I am divine. I am Lord. They all claim to be divine, yeah. or the sons of the gods. Yeah. I am divine. Mm -hmm. Do what I say. Pay your taxes. And I, Rome, offers you peace and prosperity. Actually, mm. in those terms. This is the gospel the good news it means mm. as you know according to Claudius according to Augustus according to Nero etc etc mm. this is the gospel I am God I am Lord do this and you will live don't do it and you die yeah. but this peace and security was only for the rich it was only for the haves it wasn't for the have-nots it was only for the upper echelons of society it didn't mm. apply to the slaves, it didn't apply to the poor, it didn't apply to the women, it didn't apply to all sorts of categories. It wasn't good news, it was bad news, the bad news of exclusion. The writers of the New Testament turn up and they say, this is the gospel according to Jesus. Everyone's in, everyone counts. It's for the poor as well as the rich. It's material as well as spiritual because of course, the, the Hebrew people and even the Roman people never understood a distinction between spiritual and material. Life was the whole thing. Sure, that's a, it's for now. Yeah, it's, and that comes much later. That was introduced mm. much later. You know, if you'd talked mm. to any Hebrew, if you'd have talked to any of Jesus' first followers about, mm. you know, the spiritual as opposed to the material, they thought you'd gone mad. They just wouldn't have had access to what you're talking about. So, what is the gospel? It's joy, it's peace, it's prosperity at every level in your life. And who's it for? Everyone. And all that the New Testament writers are saying is, follow the way of Jesus, the mm. teaching of Jesus, because that brings prosperity to you 
every conceivable and be faithful and to that people. story be, so, live faithfully to that story yeah. live faithfully don't have it's not yeah. about how much faith can, can yeah. I summon up a gooey yeah. kind of feeling or an intellectual ascent it's mm. about actually living this way of life which is quite so, different if that's the gospel mm. what's what what do you think the church should look like and why do you think so many people go to their church and they go huh well meh I'm fond of saying. <laughs> well, the, the, the next thing about the gospel of Jesus, if you read it, and we got lots about it, is it is for the whole of creation. Mm. It's not just for all people, it's for the whole cosmos, the whole of creation. Mm. So, is the gospel about how I get saved and go to heaven? Answer, no. It's not about right, those I'm questions. I'm throwing you out the EA now. <laughs> but it's just... Oh, no, wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I've already been thrown out of that. <laughs> so. But the primary core of the gospel of Jesus has nothing to do with how I get saved and whether I go to heaven. It addresses a much bigger question about God's redemption of the whole of the cosmos and the whole of the world, and my part as an agent of this gospel in that redemption. Wow. So I am caught up in it, but it's, a, it's the story of the redemption of the cosmos and every part of it, and so every person within like? it. The church looks like a revolutionary movement to turn the status quo upside down and bring inclusion to every person in the name of Jesus. That's so we do that by singing and listening to sermons? That <laughs> is true. It's probably not the most effective way of achieving that goal, is it? I don't know, Steve. How would you do it? I think um, the church which I lead, Oasis Church in Waterloo, has many, many, many congregations. Um, mm. It has a, a quite a big traditionally traditionalish looking one that meets on a Sunday morning. It has one that meets on a Sunday evening, which is entirely different. No songs, and it, it, it's a it's kind of cafe. We've got a coffee shop which helps us <laughs> usually in running a cafe shop, uh, cafe congregation. But we got loads of congregations that meet through the week. I haven't a clue how many to tell you the truth. In fact, I was just suggesting to someone earlier today we ought to kind of count them because yeah. people well, keep asking but you we, are the leader of the church aren't <laughs> no, you? but the whole thing <laughs> you is yeah, to know. but it's organic yeah so we have little groups that meet in houses and we meet, have groups that meet to go running and we have mm. groups that meet to do aerobics and we run a yeah. farm and we've got groups that meet to grow things and look after the animals and we've got groups that meet because their primary concern is about one of the schools that we run in this community we run a primary school and a secondary school and we run a children's center and we've got groups of mums and groups of dads that meet there and we've got groups that meet to do oh we run the local library meet to look at poetry and write poetry and be creative and we've got book groups that meet and we got all sorts of, I mean they're endless and and you see and this, you view all of those as being like, yeah well they're congregations yeah. aren't they they're communities of people and we are all gathered around following the way of Jesus um so it's 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 giant circles of people and they're all included. And you probably never get together. 
And oh, it's impossible place. to get them yeah. all together. We wouldn't be able to fit them all in. We haven't got a hole big enough. We've yeah. got a lot of holes, but we haven't got yeah. a hole big enough for that. But they've got different, you know, there's some styles of music some people like and some styles they don't like it. Some people love an intellectual debate about, uh, you know, about the word uh, uh, pistis. pistis. But some people love to sit on the farm and, and talk about, well, we, we, yeah. we just, you know, one, one of our pigs gave birth two weeks ago and uh, to 11 piglets and they've all survived. And I was actually in a conversation with a group on Friday on the farm about how this had been achieved because normally when a pig gives birth, they would uh, suffocate some of their, some, some of their little oh, piglets because right. they sit on them oh. by mistake, do you oh. know? And uh, so we managed to get all to survive, survive, and that piece of technology that we've developed. So they're uh, they're about that. But these people care about. So you say, well, yeah. but that's got nothing to do with the church. Well, when you know that the gospel is about the redemption of the whole of the cosmos, piglets giving birth, new matter. creation. If anyone yeah. is in Christ, new creation. What the New Testament writers believe that in the middle of history, Jesus broke in to bring about. A new beginning, a new dawn, well, it leads on to the end of history. It's about new birth for the whole of creation. Mm. That's the theological story. But the problem is the church is lagging behind on this great oh. cosmic story when in actual fact... It ought to be leading the way. It should be leading the way because that's what the New Testament's about. So let's just imagine... So it is about me as an individual. It's about the joy of being part of this revolutionary story and it's about the responsibility of being part of that revolutionary story. What would story. you say to people who are just saying I don't know what faith's about, I don't know what to believe, I'm not sure why I go to church. What would you say to them? Because they're listening now. Okay. What would you say? Well I'd say that, that Joe, although you're, you're really <laughs> clear in your thinking usually. <laughs> I, That's the just... nicest thing you've ever said <laughs> no, to you me. Are. But you just, you see, the problem is in what you just said. Was that you say? Look, that I I believe in that, but I just yeah. don't want to go to church. Yeah. That's the whole problem. If you <laughs> think a church is a thing you go, go to, to, why bother? You should go to a building. Church is a community. So people sometimes say to me, they honestly do quite often. They say, "Do I have to go to church to go to heaven?" You know, because that because that's what they're struggling with, isn't it? Oh, I don't want to go to church, but I know I really want to. You know, kind of. Do you have to go to church to go to heaven? Well, besides the category error in heaven being a place that you go to, rather than a dynamic dimension of life that we create here, besides that giant category error, there's another category error, isn't there? And the category error is this. Do I have to go to church? Well, it's the wrong question altogether. Stanley Halvas, who is a great uh, uh, ethical theologian, Stanley uh, said this, and this is me stealing his mm. stuff. Most well, of what I'm how saying, nice by the way. nice of you to be honest about that. <laughs> no, <laughs> You've changed. No, well, yeah. I, I, I just credited E.P. Yeah, did. Sanders, didn't you did. I? Yeah, yeah, you did. Etc., etc., etc. Stanley's thing is this. Stanley says... Again, not, this isn't a direct quote because I've yeah. made their, yeah, you know, yeah, taken yeah, on their you, thoughts. Steve chalked yeah, it. Yeah. So S Stanley says that when you ask the question, do I have to go to church to be a Christian? You've made a big old mistake. Yeah. The question you should ask is, what kind of community do I need to belong to in order to become 
the best version of myself and play my fullest part in the renewal of the whole cosmos. That's inspiring. And that's the question. If I only went to church services or actually town meetings and, you know, local authority meetings, if I felt it was going to give me a buzz, I'd go to very few meetings in my life. I go to meetings to be a part of a community, to build relationships, to give. But of course, what happens is when you give, you get. And you, I am, I have the rough edges, I hope, knocked off me in all sorts of ways by being part of community. So because the renewal of the whole cosmos is about personal inner renewal, because it's about my inner transformation, which is a lifetime's work, as well as working together to bring transformation to my community, I may not be able to um, make the whole world uh, carbon neutral, but I can do something about the pollution on the street right here. Yeah. I can actually do something about that together. Yeah. So I belong to a community and give myself. So the person who says, do I have to go to church to be a Christian? First mistake, church isn't something you go to. It's a community you belong to. Do you have to belong to a community of like-minded people to bring about this revolution? Yeah, you do. Yeah. So get with the game. Or sit on the sidelines and be a miserable little person <laughs> talking about what's wrong with the world whilst you sit in front of your Whilst never doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have a mid-faith crisis or have you just always known this? Well, I've never had a mid-faith crisis, which is a real yeah. problem. I feel well, like I should I get my... I don't know what, don't know what you're doing on this podcast. <laughs> I know, exactly. Oh. No, I have all sorts of crises, though. I, <laughs> yeah. No, but I do think this. I think that I... This is serious. Yeah. I think, uh, you probably heard me say this before, the day I, I, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, um, you know, um, like I'm a half caste. It burnt within you. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a half caste. I I never get called a half caste now anymore. I'm half Indian, half English. But when I was growing up in South London, I was called a half caste the whole time. And and my dad was a wog. You know, that's what they used to call him. So... You know, I know you're not supposed to say these things because they're not PC, but it's right. what I was called all my childhood. Yeah. And I watched my dad's graciousness in the face of all mm. of this. And I watched the way he worked it out. But I watched the way that people of colour, black people, brown people, like me, never mm. got opportunities because London yeah. was very white and all the rest of it. And so there's, I suppose that's a crisis, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, then I started going to this church youth club because I went to a dumb school. Yeah where they told me a story, a narrative that wasn't yeah. working for me. It just t- yeah. told me that I'd never do any exams and my life wouldn't amount to much because I was a yeah. bit thick. Then I go to this church, youth club, yeah. in South London, and they tell me a different story, a different, give me a different narrative. And this narrative is that there's a revolution going on. Yeah. And this revolution is taking over the whole world and I can be part of it. And uh, so... I walked home up the side of Palace Football Ground, as it happens, yeah. from this yeah. um, foot, the, from this youth club, Homestead Road Baptist Church Youth Club, yeah. and I think I want to be part of this revolution. 
Yeah. So from that day onwards, I decided, well, if I'm going to be part of this revolution, I better become a church leader and set up a school that's worth yeah. going to and a hostel and uh, for kids mm. to live in and some health care and, 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 and. So from yeah. the moment... You just got it at that I, Yeah, but only because of what I've been told. You see, yeah. I've been told this was a revolution and we were supposed to be changing the world. Yeah. And I often say it took me years to realise that... Uh, for all the preaching about going to all the world, no one was actually planning on doing any of that. <laughs> no one told you. No, no one told yeah, me you that you're not actually supposed to do anything about this. You're supposed to rock up, sing songs and go to a prayer meeting. And nobody told me, nobody told me that that they actually is not to answer what for. we really believe. So I got, I got into this thing actually believing that we were a revolutionary force that was supposed to change the world. Well, good on you. Look, we, we've gone on for plenty long enough, so I want to say thank you. You've been such an inspiration. You know that you inspired And you to me, and Joe. you've been amazing. Constantly. Yeah. You, you honestly well, have. Well, you're just being no, nice. No, no, no I'm not being you. nice. This uh, is true, everybody. No, it's not. Joe's a wonderful man. <laughs> thank you. you Unlike Nick. Yeah. Well, who couldn't even be bothered to show up. No, exactly. Here. Steve. Thank you so much for being on that. And, and that was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Cheers, mate. So that was uh, Steve Chalk being rude about me. Can yeah. I just say, <laughs> okay, on the last comment, I couldn't be bothered to turn up to, to talk to him. I was on the leadership team at Oasis for about... Oh, yeah, I was on the leadership you know, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually... Uh, All right, and I wasn't. Area. No, because they had standards. And I was on the... Le- so I had to... I had to sit in leadership meetings for like three and a half, four hours every week with Steve. I feel I have listened to him more than enough in my life. I've paid my dues. <laughs> That's I, true. I'm not going back there. Thank you very much. Ah, <laughs> uh, you and many anyway, others. So anyway. he's a fascinating man, isn't he? He's really he is. interesting. Um, always impassioned. Always got a, a, you know, a thing, a horse that he's riding. And the latest um, one is Pistis. You could tell that's his latest thing, so that will He's eke out everywhere. Pistis. He is completely uh, yeah. pistis, yeah. There is a big debate, and always has been, about what that, as I mm. understand it, and I, you know, about what that yeah. word means in that context. Yeah. And it's to do with the, the Greek construction, which I think is the genitive, which always made me snicker when I was learning. <laughs> yeah, of course. For obvious reasons. <laughs> I couldn't understand what it was, but it just, the, just the genitive bit made me laugh. Um, it's not strictly to say, well, it, 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 it doesn't mean that, it means this. It doesn't mean... Yeah. Faith in Christ, it means faithfulness of Christ. The truth is, it can mean either. Yeah. You can make a choice. It's not so binary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I think, in fact, that's... Uh, that I hope you're big... not accusing Steve of being black and white on an issue. Not at all, never. <laughs> but I think I think that... No, I think that the, the thing is, yeah. sometimes you sit and hear people say, well, the word means... The word is translated this means this. Well, actually, generally, the words can be translated in either way. It is true to say that people make translation choices based on mm. a lot of the time on their theology. I, I think the point is, it does change the meaning, doesn't it? it I does, mean, radically, it really. It does. Yeah. So I think one of the issues is that sometimes we have to realise that the that the that the the writers of the New Testament were themselves grasping for metaphors and trying yeah. to explain it yeah. in certain ways yeah, and trying sure. to understand what was going yeah. on. Um, yeah. For sure. So you know, I just wanted to make that point. I no, don't that's it's, good. And it's not an either or. It's it's possibly the question is, no. can we live with both? And he's, I mean, he said lots of really good 
things. I was, I mean, I'm not surprised he said lots of good things. I sound yeah, like a, yeah. he said lots of good. No, he he just said some brilliant things. And and like that whole fuss over penal substitution. And I was yeah. I was just left Oasis when that really kicked off, and it like halved their support. But at Spurgeon's College, am I allowed to say that? Name and shame them. Well, I think people on, know yes, it. Yes, you did. No, the the principal came out in full defence of of exact everything that yes, Steve yes. said in that book, and actually went far further to explain it in more theological, flowery yes. language. Yeah. Um, because that that was old hat, and I think Steve's point in that that interview that you know actually it's great that it's been talked about in universities and colleges for years and years and decades and decades, and there's a different view. But actually, if the if the people in church leadership are still preaching the same old thing, then it's still doing damage to people. I think this does. This is a really interesting point. We've touched on this before, yeah. Uh, particularly in the episode we did on the Bible, I think, yeah. where there's it's like where where's the space where you can discuss this kind of stuff? Because exactly, the, the, where and when is it okay to to um, talk about this stuff? So. The, that, well, here so it seems okay yeah here hopefully but yeah. it seems okay to talk about it in in the academy but then when you get out in the church it's not okay to talk exactly. about it and you you were it's very strange, honest i remember it? at that yeah. time about the pressures on ministers yeah yeah not to rock the boat in that sense yeah exactly well the trouble is as we've said many times you know your your whole salary is depending on it your housing is dependent on keeping the status quo everything you know your livelihood and the livelihood of your family is often dependent mm. On keeping the status quo, so that's the. I mean, and that's an awful mid-faith crisis for ministers when they have moved on theologically, but they, they are confined. I mean, it's a horrible place to be in, and mm. I, I do know what I'm talking about here. Yeah, I, I think there has to be spaces for people to, uh, open up about these things and to acknowledge yeah. the, the differences of opinion yeah. on stuff and the different theories. Um, you know that that that's that's the challenge. I think is, yeah. is to to to. to and 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 you know there is that challenge of bringing the the ideas of the academy to ordinary people. Yeah. I mean that's something I've been involved in for yeah, years and years. And years. For sure, to, I've just taken ideas from much more intelligent people and put bottom jokes in. You have, and that's it. And and, that seems to work for and me. And if I may say so, you do it extremely well. Yeah, it's just, it's a gift. So you know, but I did like I liked all I loved all the stuff about church. Yes, and, I do. Uh, you know, the category error that yeah. we think of church as a place that exactly. we go to. Yeah. Um, Rather than a community to, to which you belong, and I know we, everyone sort of intellectually knows that and understands it, and yet we don't act like it. You know, everyone can recite, "Oh yeah, the church is the people, stop the building," and yet we still keep using that old-fashioned language. And that's my point with our narratives of God. You know, we say, "Well, of course, God's not a man or a male or an old man with a beard," and yet we keep describing God in that way. And in a funny way, it sort of lodges something. I think it can often be a little bit unhelpful in our minds about what who God is and what church is. Do you think, though, it's the same uh, as what we were just talking about with the sort of areas for discussion and debate and how to bring those into things? The, the part of yeah. the problem is there isn't a model for people to go to. There isn't a, there isn't a, yeah. an alternative model other than the Sunday morning service. Yeah. So, you know, yes, yes, it is a category error, but if there's nothing else out there that shows then people that, what's possible... Then the only option. What, what else are they supposed to think? You know, yeah. if that's... If, like you say, so people either present it and talk about it totally in one way, yeah. or that the only communities they can see are the ones yeah. that meet no, and sing right. worship songs and hymns. No, um, that, that's, a, that's a fair point. The other thing I, I love about Steve is that, you know, he, 
he's got a skin in the game. He's yeah. He's still a, a hands-on front of house church leader, and he isn't you know just sitting back and you know kind of just declaring these great theological statements and then waiting for the you know the fire to happen and then you know throwing out other statements he's actually a local church leader doing the mm. business the you know the gritty grimy you know mundane difficult business week in week out yeah, in Waterloo yeah. and I think for me that that gives him edge and I give him extra respect for that in actual yeah, so fact, because so. it's very easy to sit back and say everything that's wrong with church or what's wrong with the church, but it's a whole different thing altogether, which reminds me, and I haven't mentioned him yet this week, so it's way overdue, of that fabulous um, quote from Richard Raw, and he says this a lot, the best criticism of the bad is the practice of the better. And it strikes mm. me Steve has always implemented that. He's not going to waste lots of his energy criticising what's wrong. He is just actually going to demonstrate another way of doing it. And I don't know many people who really live by that, to be fair. Well, he's a lovely, yeah, I think he's he's a lovely a great man. man. Yeah, yeah, he's a great man. Anyway, uh, well, thank you for doing that. And uh, what we'll do is pick up uh, out of this maybe a few uh, if you you know if you've got comments and questions out of this or things you want to raise, um, yeah. we'll we'll try and pick those up and we'll come back with a bit more feedback in a couple of weeks time or maybe sooner we'll let you know exactly Aha. Uh, maybe on the facebook page and thank you very much to all the people who've offered to help out with that kind of stuff yes if i was halfway efficient i'd have already been in touch with you please tell me you have because i have forwarded them to you because you're the media guy yes 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 i'm sure i have oh you haven't have you no, I'm being, oh great so, know, so now we finish the podcast on this note of what a disappointing <laughs> person you are on your birthday <laughs> oh, thank you, oh, well anyway thanks to everyone who's written in and offered and I am truly sorry you haven't heard anything back and yet I'm not surprised no, they will have by the time this goes out okay that's good that's the kind of man I am okay right. good <laughs> anyway I'm going to go and celebrate my birthday now. Good, so am I. <laughs> Good. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll be back in a little while. Yes, Bless indeed. You all. Yeah, take care, everyone.